0: Oh, Robertson ran on, hit it at pace, and seals it for the Lions. Mitch Robinson for the boundary line, screws it around for goal number four, the goal of the day. Mitch Robertson.
1: Welcome to Rip Through It Radio with Mitch
0: Robinson and Sean Tobin on SEN.
1: And
2: welcome back to another episode of Rip Through It Podcast slash radio. We are back in business. While that was going, that guy from Australia who did the crazy celebration, he was you know, the guy on the fence the coach, yeah, Imbostle. Imbostle. he w- that was he was doing that while the kicking the goal was on the Mike, I sounded pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, yep. it made it made it look very special. But we are back again. Welcome, Shaunie T and Jazz and Jack and everyone in the studio so far. What's going on, boys?
1: Hell, what's we are. going on? What's going on? How you being mate? The drive was all right this morning. Drive was good. We left early because we know we're on a bit of a tight schedule today. Yeah, Jack, um, Jack pulled out last night. You boys better be here at nine o'clock. Yeah, we got the text message. We 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 heard it loud and clear. Jack was not playing around. <laughs>
0: There's no games
1: here. There's no <laughs> games. So we had to jump in. And uh, no, we, we we made it here early, even early enough to get a coffee from downstairs. We did. We did. No,
2: I I. I do apologize to SCN, um, Hutchie, and everyone who's uh, here because I did lose my swiper. I can't find it at my house. I'm just blaming, on the, the I'm just blaming on the kids. I'm blaming on the kids.
1: I did hear the office manager just say to us before, a yeah. thinly veiled swipe, don't lose the next yeah, car. Yeah, Mark,
2: the, 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 they're, they're rarer than chicken's teeth. Okay. They're pretty hard to get apparently around yeah. here. So um, Craig Hutchison, if you are listening, um,
1: just maybe put more, some more expenses into uh, some swipers. Absolutely, but I tell you what, that that little sweeper that we have at the start of the show that gets me going now. I I'm, did. I'm ready to go. I'm I'm here, Jack. You've, you've you've set the place on fire.
0: I think we need some updated highlights, though. We do. There was a couple of goals. There was, couple of goals scored, the there? there was a couple of goals on the weekend.
2: There was a couple of goals on the weekend. was. Thank goodness, because I was starting to think it was got past me again.
1: Uh, I tell you what, that that was a. That we'll, we'll get into the Q clash in a moment's time because, geez, you, you you came out and you had yet another unbelievable performance. Um, so much so that I thought you might have been stiff for the Marcus Ashcroft medal, but again, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, <laughs> how's things? been the last last time we've caught up
2: uh, I've been pretty good I've been chilling out on the weekend obviously had the, the Gold Coast game and then um, that morning I've actually chanced he had rugby so I went and watched him he got a try and I, I might retire after this year and put just all my efforts into his basket because I'm, I've just got a feeling that he might be good at something
1: well, the twenty thirty two Olympics are
2: coming yes, to Brisbane. In Brizzy, so what will he be then? He's seven now. You do quick math, someone quick.
1: Uh, well, look, oh, I'm sure there's gymnastics <laughs> that happen at a young age. 19. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nineteen? No, so, no, nineteen. That's a that's a prime swimming, you
1: know, career that right is, there. That
2: is. I don't know about swimming. I can't swim to so. save myself. Emma's a good swimmer, but um, yeah. So now we did a bit of, a bit of that. I'll uh, I'll put him into some kind of. Um, Program. But Don't but you are, you
1: are enjoying this. I did see you put up I on Instagram have, the other day. Sports dad, dad life. I do uh, enjoy it. I you, do enjoy it. The sports dad life, though, in particular, you're starting to really enjoy. Yeah, I
2: haven't got to the point yet where I'm starting to spray the refs or you know the other other fathers and parents on that side of the field. But I, I'm not far off. There's a couple. There's a couple of suspect you know refs getting around, and I'm not going to name names, but whatever um, the other team was.
1: But. but but you rock up with the two chairs under your arm. No, uh, I rock up you with You know, you're doing the canteen at halftime.
2: You've cut up the oranges. What? what I've got, like? got the cameras there for play-by-play play afterwards A Chance. He doesn't get to go to play his games until he's finished watching the highlights and stuff. But, no, nah, it's all good. We just go down and have a coffee, and I just, just watch him run around, and it's just uh, pretty inspiring, actually. Yeah. But, no, we did a bit of that. Last night we had our takedown Tuesday, so if everyone knows about I don't know if you know about that, but we uh, me and a few of the boys, we go to an all-you-can-eat buffet place. So last night was Lord of the Wings, so shout out to them. I don't think they haven't care or, or anything. But I ended up eating about twenty-three and I had the spices one there called the Suicide uh the Suicide Wing. Ooh. It wasn't very suic it wasn't that hot. Okay, okay. No, well, it that's, so that's like, I burnt my lips and I had like a little whinge about that, but I didn't need I didn't need milk or anything like that. So I think I think that's false advertising. But did, bear, did anyone else jump in there? Yeah, with Barry you had one as well, but um, Tom Fuller ate about thirty odd and I got to the point where I was on the verge of getting dizzy in a bit like I just want to get out of here because like after I eat dinner, wherever I am, I don't like sitting still. I just go home and just lay down. So we did a bit of that, but that's about it, mate. Um, I, I, will, I will announce that I'm going to start doing some more YouTube content, getting a GoPro um, set up uh, ad today, I think. So you'll start seeing those things like all oh, you can eat wings and all oh, you can eat tacos we had the other day when I spewed up. So it'll be pretty funny.
1: Very nice. And I'll tell you what, I've been been watching a lot of the Olympics for the last five days. uh, The the opening ceremony was fantastic to watch on Friday. Uh, I've been loving all the action. Uh, I love the 7 Plus app um, because, obviously, all the the sport you can watch. But, um, I mean, I would talk a little bit more about that, but our producer, Jack, has had a very interesting weekend. He spoke to us about it off air uh, last week. You actually uh, got up to a fair bit, Jack.
0: Oh, look, the Reckling Community Cup is a bit of a mainstay now. It's been happening in (laughs) Brisbane five years. I think it's been happening in Melbourne for about 25. Oh, damn. Uh, But, yeah, it's just a a local community game between Brisbane Musicians versus Brisbane Media, all raising money for RecLink, which is uh, does community outreach support for, uh, you know, whether it be music, sport, art... Uh, for kids and people to get involved in. So it's a great day. Uh, and it actually came down to a draw. A, dr- a what? draw? What?
1: You can't have a draw in a big cup. Well, I Surely think it, there's extra time in, the, well, in the cup. It's
0: almost better because obviously we've had, this is the fifth year, we've had the Rocking Horses win two, the Brisbane Lions <laughs> the win two, and now a draw. So next year is going to be a massive oh, decision. I might
2: have to retire and come down and play that as a media person.
0: I've already, I've already put that in ears. Have you already? Oh, absolutely. Because... Well, I've had more people. Look, I've done radio for about five years now. I've had more people ask me about this show than anything I've Let's done. go. Oh, that's what I'm let's,
1: talking about. Let's go. That's, that's, what just, about.
2: that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking
1: about. I'm not baby. here to
2: just muck around, guys. I'm here to take over. Uh, well, we I told you that from day one.
1: We didn't come this far. to only come this far. We are <laughs> taking over. <laughs>
2: so, Jack, how would you go? Did you kick a bag or what?
0: I wore a Pac-Man costume. Uh, I got carried <laughs> by a bunch of ghosts and I got escorted <laughs> off the field. Uh, what for? Uh, well, what? just for being a Pac-Man, just oh, cause okay. the trouble. Yeah, you go. Uh, Streaker. The last five minutes, uh, everyone from both teams jumps on the field and four balls start coming out. So that's got and a few And you still touches. manage to get a draw. Yeah. Well, I'm that, just, I don't know why. Mind, but that sounds like a
1: pretty enticing game to watch. I'm just picturing like Ben Stiller, dodgeball type scenes. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just feel like Nobody be going Nobody makes me bleed enough. by our blood. <laughs>
0: Nobody. Nobody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. No, that's honestly, it's fantastic. Wow. And, the invitation's and,
0: open for all the boys. Yeah, yeah okay.
1: and, and you you, t- you spoke to us about it last week. We, we weren't going to start this episode without asking about it because it sounded very interesting. It so did, it did, it did. It was fantastic. But, of course, we had the Q Clash on the weekend, yep. uh, a terrific game. Um, oh, look, t- talk to us about the game because it, it was really, honestly, a game of two halves because yeah. that first half of what we saw was totally different to, to the second half. Yeah. How did you kind of see the performance after you guys had the chance to review it?
2: Um, it, was, it was a frustrating first half because we felt like we had a um, majority of the play we were ahead of all the, the, the kpis like the key indicators that we usually mark ourselves on like contested footy clearances meters gain top um scenarios and we're ahead of all those stats it's just like our decision making inside 50 kicks that we really let ourselves down which where we'll kick into turnover spots where they'll just uh, intercept market, then go straight down the other end where we couldn't really stop the fence behind those kicks so we were frustrated in that area. We're giving away silly free kicks as well um, in front of their goals. Um, so that they're doing they're doing a great job to get under our skins. And that no, don't take it away from Gold Coast. They had a great first half. And once we just got, got our breath back at half time, Fag sprayed a few players, um, got into us about. He kind of singled out a few players and said, "Look, look this is you, your best footy is still ahead of you. Like if you're not having the best day, do something else. Like you know, defensive efforts, tackles, pressure, and celebrate those little wins." So. He was really good in that regard. He didn't, like, go over the top and just say, like, what is happening or anything. He just kind of laid it out calmly, and then uh, all, the, all those players responded. So we saw, you know, Hugh McClackage have a great second half. Dred Lyons really picked up his efforts. Um, Joe Danaher kicked a couple of goals, and Lincoln McCarthy had a great game too. So, and I can't forget, you know, big Oscar McInerney, who I thought was probably the medal winner in my eyes. He had a great third quarter and really, like, set the tone there. So a lot of the boys got challenged, and they uh, responded, and that's what Faze looks for. He's um He's really big on that, so... As I said, we just end up um, finding our mojo in the second half and winning those things convincingly and then um, kicking a score because we miss a lot of easy
1: shots, I'm not going to lie. It's not the first time that Chris Fagan has sparked a response at halftime. Yeah. I, mean, I think, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I believe Kane Corns actually said earlier in the week that he feels Chris Fagan might be the best halftime coach in terms yeah. of being able to, to shift momentum. Like, what, yeah. what is it in terms of his message that resonates with the players to go out there and actually change the momentum?
2: Yeah, he, he's been trying to put a lot of on to the leaders. Um because we're still got, like, without, like, excuses, because we're not a team that makes excuses for, like, our age group or what happens in games, like, umpire decisions, whatever. We we, we want to build that culture where we're building leaders as well, like, all across the field, not just the older blokes. So he puts a lot of onus on us. And, um, on you know, in the first half, we're getting a lot of things right, but we're doing a lot of things that weren't um, going in our game plan. Like, some of the kicks we're doing were, like, too sexy looking, and then they'll get turnover, go for a goal, or we give away a free kick, which is, you know, undisciplined acts and stuff. So... At time he just really like sat us down, calmed us down and said, look, you know, we're still in this game by no stretch of imagination. We can come back and win, obviously. We've just got to get a few things right. Tighten up here, a few players got to lift. And, you know, he's really good with that. He, as uh, we always talk about, he's got the teaching background, so he can talk to all all aspects of players' ages and, and really really find that motivating factor that we needed. And um, we came out. So uh, the players responded. And sometimes he's need a time just to, you know, to take a breath and um, get back into it. But, no, he, Kane Corns is right. He's, he's really, really good. And he... I just had to motivate the group and, um, and during the week we had a really good game plan going in and some things weren't going our way and we just fixed it. So um, that's, that's a really pleasing thing. He, he spoke about... You know, we can always win games when we start in front. That's just what we do. We, you know, get out to a good lead and we hold it. But coming from behind is um showing that we got a lot of maturity in the group and um the way we went about. I think it was like 87 to 11 in the, in the second half. So it's a
1: pretty big big turnaround. Now, now Jared Lyons did win the Marcus Ashcroft Medal, but I I'll, I'll be honest, and I'm not just <laughs> saying this because you're here. I, I I thought you you might have had the award nearly sewn up by half time with the way that you were playing, and I I kind of felt like there might have been a period there where. You just weren't able to get on the ground. I mean, yeah. it, it, was there a patch there where um, you, you weren't able to actually get on the ground because the ball's on the other side of the field? Because I honestly felt that at halftime, you were probably the best player on the ground.
2: Uh, it's it's a wing role. That's what I mean. Like, it's the most unrewarding role in the world. You can be stuck on uh, one side of the ground and the ball, the whole quarter could be on the other side of the ground. You just don't – all you're doing is running your off up, up and down the ground. So whenever I get tweets or Instagram messages saying, should I put you in my super coach in your fantasy team and stuff, like I would say, don't do it because – I could have a quarter where I have ten, like second quarter I had ten and a goal and a point, and then the next quarter, in the third quarter I had two touches. So like it's it's one it's just a it's this a hard role to play, um, and as as you said yeah I couldn't get on the ground for the for the second half I think I played um, in total probably one quarter. So um, it's it's just a, it's a difficult role to play, and because we have three blokes running through there like me Barry McCluggage, and like Bailey sometimes goes through there, but like if you're the genuine winger like myself or Huey like it's hard to get on the ground and off the ground. So it's 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 a tough role, but, um, yeah, I had a good first half, and, um, unfortunately, I didn't get the medal, but...
0: Uh. No, nah, nah, there needs to be an investigation here. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be an investigation, because if you're talking about fags, you know, uh, off the field at halftime, revving the boys up, the work that you did, I think, in that first half, just single-handedly going, I'm going to spark something here, mm-hmm. I thought that was what really pushed it towards the going, you know what, we've still got a fight in us in the second half. Jack, I wish you'd do my contracts. Uh, honestly, no,. no
1: uh, I, uh, no, I, I was on Mitch Robinson watch as well. I honestly felt like, and I'm not just saying this because obviously we're mates. I, I generally thought at halftime, I thought, well, hold on, this is this is going to be quite interesting because yeah. not, not that I'm obviously into that whole betting thing, but I did have a look at what the markets were doing. What was it saying? You were outside, outside, outside. Damn! I just thought, oh, this is actually quite fun to watch. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and honestly, I, I just felt like what was that? Like twenty nine? So you saying like twenty nine dollars? It was. It was about twenty nine dollars, and I think the the. The worst odds were about forty. So you were certainly, you well, know, it on the, too on the far other off the side. It wasn't too far. Yeah. Well, not so when I went, the, the most unlikely to win. Yeah. But to in my face. Were, to to my face. You were, you were, you were, you were certainly up there. But I'll tell you what, Jared Lyons. I mean, he continues he, uh, to just absolutely cook the Suns. Yeah. You know, earlier this <laughs> he's year, slapping him is <laughs> easy, <in>. just <laughs> slapping him with. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what. If they didn't, if if they forgot, they they got they got a nice friendly reminder on the yeah. weekend again because he he's just, a two timer now, two timer this year. This, just this year alone, yeah, like, and, to, to and to every matters. time he's played, I went through the the numbers. Every time he's played the Suns, he's always played well. Yeah. Um. Do you think enough is actually made of his exit from the club?
2: I think it gets brought up a fair bit in terms of like what his story is, and rightfully so. Like, you know, he got I think he got traded me from Adelaide, and then delisted from Gold Coast after a couple of years. So I don't know. I do know the the ins and outs of what happened, but I'm not going to obviously put that on air because that's that's his mm. um, story, but. Um, it, it's a massive loss for the, for Gold Coast, but you see these stories a lot going around, like it's a story about Mitch Robinson who got delisted from the blue now joking, but he, <laughs> he, he, he honestly, the work rate he puts in behind the scenes and the stuff he does for our club, like that's why he's in a leadership group after one year that he's at the club. Um, he, he runs our center bound stuff, runs our midfield without him. Like there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't be getting done around our, our structures and everything. So he, he's definitely, um a massive pickup for us in terms of maturity, leadership and his performance on field is, you know, he's in all Australian form right now. I'm not even going to dance around that fact. Like Mm. he should be in all Australian this year, regardless of what happens in the, in the back end of the year. So he's a, a, he's a top 50 player. He's top, he's a top 50 player. I think he's averaging 28, maybe like nearly 30. So, but he's leading all our stats for everything. And he's, and he's selfless as well. Like he might not be the sexiest player when he gets around the ground, but he just finds it. clearances works amazing. um, And he can find the goals too. So, yeah, it's a massive loss for the Gold Coast Suns, but um, it's a great pick-up for us. And I think Kane Corns always brings it up, which is pretty funny. He brings it up every time and gives him a little slap. But he, he's been great for us, and I, I, I love the bloke. He's, he's been great for me personally as well.
1: Yeah, and it's not just when he plays the Suns. He, he, he nah, literally he's literally playing here, well man. every It's just... So when it's the Suns, it's personal. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's like oh. the
2: Michael Jordan doco, and he's like, "Oh, the guy said something to me." He goes, and no, then no, I took it personally.
1: He, he, he takes it personal, That's I tell you what, he, he cooks them every single time. Yeah, I no. tell you what, it's uh, look, it, it, it was, it's obviously great to see, and I feel like so much of why Brisbane's midfield entering room works is because of the way that Jared plays.
2: Yeah, and, um, and it goes, it goes hand in hand. We just got like a good mix at the moment, like. You got Dane Zorka goes through there, you got uh Shima Cluggage you can play in there, you got, you know, Jared Berry, you got Charlie Cameron who has stints in there, Zach Bailey who's the quickest guy on the, on our field right now. And then you got um just other like Brownlow medalists in Lockheed Neal too. So it's it, 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 it complements itself and it's it's great work from, you know, just the coaches and the players itself. But no, it was, it was a good it was a good game, good good game to win and get the confidence going again and I think a lot of boys found something from that game.
1: Now now we've got to get to it because it, it happened last night, uh, as we were sort of putting together our run sheet Everyone was waiting to see what was going to happen with Buddy Franklin at yep. the AFL tribunal. Yep. Uh, we kind of felt like it was going to be unlikely for him to get off, given how we feel the the, the, the action was going to be and the action was going to be assessed. Um, what are your thoughts after seeing how it unfolded last night?
2: Yeah, I, I dare say a lot of the AFL players were pretty pissed off with that decision. Um, it, it's it's hard. We don't we don't know what what is. A suspension or what's a fine at the moment um going into that because it should because tribunals, was it's meant to be like every actions has a reaction like if if, if, if i swing an elbow then i should know that i'm going to get a fine or a suspension like from what whoever it is i like cut the head off at whoever that person is does it that's what it should be the the penalty for it just seems so um unpredictable and you don't know what is actually going to happen if you do that do that action so so last night, yeah. It's obvious he's, he's elbowed him in the head. Like, I, I'm not going to dance from the fact. Like, he's targeted his head and elbowed him in the head. That's just what happened. That's what he's done. He's moved the ball from one hand to the other. You know where he is. Hel- the ball's in the other hand. Exactly. So it's, to me, it's a week. Like, from from everything I've gone off in the past or for what, what the action requires. Um, and you just – you do understand, like, yeah, he's coming to 1,000 goals. It would be great for him to do it. Like, as a footy fan, I'd love to see him kick a 1,000 goals. Like, it would be great for our game and stuff. But you just can't dance from the fact that he's just done that um, um, players getting weeks for, for footy actions, which are bumps, tackles. Like, they're, they're really hard on sling tackles at the moment, especially if you've got an arm pin, where we get taught a whole career to do that, like to, to tackle blokes and make sure they can't dispose the ball properly. So it's just such a grey area with what what is acceptable. It's, it's it's unfortunate, like, that it has to be Franklin that went through it last night and he got off and then he, he'll just play this week, so it doesn't really matter for him. Like, a three grand fine is probably a church change for Franklin, to be honest, but... I think Jimmy Bartell had a really good um, idea with how the tribunal should work in terms of there's footy actions and there's non-footy actions. And then that's a great way to start in terms of how do you mark something that goes to tribunal. So, um, yeah, I think Christian Christian gave him a week and then he went to tribunal and they overturned it. So it's good for the Sydney Swans and for him. But... Yeah, I think a lot of players will be pissed off with the result for that.
1: Yeah, I think Gary Lyon said the decision reinforced a, a very dangerous precedent for mm-hmm. how how the actions are going to be assessed. Well, going and
2: forward. now I know because I can go out this week and if I've got the ball in hand, I pretty much I've got I've got a, a license to do what I want. And I've got a fine, yeah, sweet, but I can't get suspended because i you know I've got a ball in hand. Um, so they've got to be aware when you let these things off. That's what the knee jerk reaction can be. Well. You're not meant to be able to show footage from three other incidents this year of the same thing of just blokes getting fined because every every incident should be judged on itself, not from what's happened in the past. So, Correct. So that's what I thought it was. So um, yeah, they've they've shown footage of what's happened in the past, and he, he got off from that reason, I guess. But um, it's yeah, it's a tough one to 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 see that happen because I know without being a crybaby, I know if it was me that I'd I'd be getting a week for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and you've spoken to players. I, I know you speak to players around the league. This is a players podcast. Yeah. You you feel as of right now there would be players pretty pissed off. Yeah, around, I know for and, a fact. There's yeah. I've spoken
2: to players, and, and and it's, and it's not just my teammates. There's other players as well who like have texted me on the side saying like, oh, make sure you talk about it tomorrow, yada yada. So I'm, I'm cutting the head off. I'm not saying just Buddy Franklin. I'm saying if that's someone in the same circumstances, like I know for a fact Toby Green would get a week. I'd get a week.
1: Whoever, so so whoever this is be. where I wanted to get it to because does personnel change things because obviously it's buddy he's he's you know towards the race to a thousand but if if it was Toby Green or Matt or, or Mitch Robinson um, at tribunal last night I, I don't think you're necessarily playing this week
2: well I, I can't say too much without probably getting myself in the strife for saying something but um, oh, I can say it. you can yeah. say yeah, yeah but 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 I can't say our stuff but mm. um, that's just the way that it, it seems to be at the moment but I'm not going to go saying like the AFL they pick and choose who they're going to suspend or not because it's not the way it actually works. So they, they do it they have a pretty tough job, I'm not gonna lie. But it's just sometimes you just see it and you're like, well, how? Like there just needs to be like set in stone what the actions are and what the results should be instead of like so, so much grey area. Like I don't I don't understand it myself. So What what did you think, Jack?
0: It's when you talk about like you cut off the head cut the head off yeah. and it just be whoever it is is whoever it is. It sucks that it's Buddy Franklin th- this time. Yeah but we can't remove the fact that if it wasn't Buddy Franklin, it's hard as just- is him not being the talking point, but it is, he's the talking point. Yeah, yeah. Because I just don't see it happening. And I thought the Finlayson incident earlier in the year with GWS was going to be the most ridiculous thing I'd seen come out of the, the judiciary. But this is just... Because he got off it, in so, he? got one week. One week, yeah. One week for the back of the head elbow. Yeah, yeah. And this is clear. He moves the ball to his other hand. Mm. He lines it up. But it's hard to not see the argument as, as because it's Buddy Franklin... That he gets off, yeah. yeah. Look, oh, I thought
1: it was very. I, thought, oh, I, I a part of me thought, no, surely the AFL will probably find a way to get him off, but I just didn't think it was possible mm. given given the action. Um, I, I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you know, we, we talk about players and you know their standings in the game, and you know, at, at, I suppose on the weekend it was the the talk about Christian Petrarca versus Marcus Bontempelli, yeah, and, and all the great players that we have in our game. But given the the performances that Marcus Bontempelli has put in this year, do you think as of right now? Marcus bonson is the best player in the competition.
2: I still believe Dusty's the best player. Like, I, I can't get off the fact of his grand final last year. Like, I was a little bit sceptical of, you know, where he sat with the greats. But after seeing him, he single-handedly won that grand, that game in the grand final last year after halftime. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah he's the best player. So I see him as the best player. I think... Bont needs to win a few accolades um, and I think at the Bulldogs he's going to have a few votes taken off him in the Brownlow this year like you got Jack McRae who's dominating possession wise um, you got Cab Daniels who's playing some good roles and you got got um, who else is in that midfield with him that he's killing it oh you got like Bailey Smith who might take a few votes mm. off him um, you got Libba who's killing it in there Like Josh uh, Dunkley and Shaw are even playing yeah, they not playing and then you got like the forwards are kicking bags so I think he might lose a few votes in that regards but um, Bond's definitely, you know, top five. Um and Dangerfield at his at his peak, he's killing it. So I I, I do think Ruckman are undervalued. Um, you know, you see Gorn and um, Grundy who should pole well in, in Brown Lows but they don't. Um they like they they're in like an extra midfielder, like the way they they follow up and stuff, even though Gorn's been a bit of a step ladder lately, <laughs> unfortunately. Gorny. like we do love him, <laughs> mate, but Huge. a lot of species take on him, I know. But no, I think he's definitely top five. Um for me, choosing a best player, it, it's really hard because as a, as a player myself, like you, you can't undervalue some of the roles that are getting played. But purely for the fact, like there's got to be categories for who's the best player. Like how has a mar- are they marketable? Are they actually performing like they should be? And the accolades are being uh, receiving. So a big one to look at is like the coaches' votes because they, they're pretty mm. accurate. The coaches' association votes. Um, so I think um, Petrarca or Mac- who's winning that one?
1: Yeah, geez, I'll ha- I'd have to look into it. I know, so, I know Petrarch has certainly been up there oh, yeah. a lot this year, so of course. That, even Marcus. that's
2: that's pretty highly like players like that's highly regarded. Like if the coaches are voting for you, it means you're doing something well. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one of the top top five players.
1: It's a really interesting point you you raise about the marketing component because yeah. I, I kind of felt like even when uh, Lockie Neal won the Brownlow Medal last year, even when Tom Mitchell won the Brownlow, there wasn't really I, I suppose uh, a lot of marketing around the two of them. Mm. I don't know whether it's just because of their personality, but you, you just kind of feel like they don't necessarily get looked at as the stars of the competition, and particularly Lockie Neal. I mean, yeah. he, he is literally the reigning Brownlee medalist. Yeah, Bont's leading at the moment, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Bont, Bont, Clayton Oliver, Took Miller.
2: Yeah, like Lockie Neal, like, you got to have, like, your point of difference, I guess. Like, you know, Dusty's got tattoos all over him. He's got a, you know, He's really introverted, but, like, he's, it seems like he's outspoken, which he doesn't he doesn't say anything. Mm. So he's got that going for him. Um, Max Gorn has a beard. Max Gorn has a beard. Like, you got to have something that sets you aside. But, like, I guess, like... With Neil's case, like, he's such a great ball winner. His handballs are amazing. Like, his disposal efficiency is really good. He sets up a lot of play. That's his thing. But, like, it, it, there's nothing, nothing like, f- jumping out of the, the the fans. Any, any like, I'm not going to s- slap Brisbane around, but he plays for Brisbane Lions as well, which is, like, the biggest club in the country. So, things like that. Like, I'm sure, like, he's still getting, you know, you still get your, your purses for winning brown lows and all that stuff. But... I think the players are like Buck Bondempelli. He's like a tall, um, tall midfielder who just, he looks so silky smooth, and he plays the doggies. Everyone loves the doggies at the moment, so he's getting that notoriety there. So there is a, there is a there is a um, a marketing component to it for sure. But um, yeah, I'd say that's probably why.
1: Yeah, so now I wanted to ask you because we spoke a couple of weeks around players and, and having to be really adaptable and really reactive to obviously the COVID situations we're seeing in, in Melbourne actually this week that the restrictions being lifted, which is obviously going to be great for, for the AFL competition. There, there's talk around the MCG in the grand final. I still feel yeah. like it's a little bit too far out to be making any decisions, but if, if the MCG can can have 25% of the AFL grand final this year, do you think that that, that capacity would still make it okay for the AFL to, to have the grand final at the MCG, even at only 25%.
2: Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm probably going to get a bit of slap feedback, but I don't like, yes, MCG is a home of footy and everyone's going to be like, Oh, you haven't played a grand final. So you don't know. Well, I've been to a few to watch and the MCG is, is amazing at full capacity, especially on a good Saturday, Arvo, sun's out, guns out. The boys, like if it's a great game, it's probably the best skeptical or the best thing you could see live other than like origin. It's, it's like, Triple is way better than the origin. If we can get a full capacity um, Optus Stadium in WA, I think that's just as good. Like, do you see like the Indigenous round that's played over there? The, Incredible. Um, oh, it was amazing scenes. It's like the fully upgraded, like the lights, like all that stuff looked amazing. So depending on what the governing bodies are saying and what happens with COVID and stuff, I, I would rather a full capacity crowd anywhere else than like a 25. It would look weird, I reckon. Having a grand final with 25% capacity.
1: Uh, and to be honest, even, even outside of Perth sta- uh, Optus Stadium, I mean, the well, Gabba Adelaide- was good.
2: Like, Gabba was good last year. Like, I watched it yeah. on TV, a night time game. They did something different. I thought it was really cool. Like,
1: which yeah. well, J- Jazz and I were there. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, it was. It was a fantastic. You know, yeah. it was a fantastic night grand final. Yeah. Um, and again, even to have fifty thousand people at that stadium, it would be incredible. And I think Adelaide Oval shouldn't be, ruled out. Um, you know, ruled out as well. I-, I think Adelaide Oval Jack would be a fantastic Just option. Just
0: don't know if it has the drainage of the Gabba. Because that, yeah. that should have gotten three points. That that should have gotten <laughs> that, the drainage of the Gabba that day. It was pouring, wasn't it? No, it was absolutely yeah. pouring. There was puddles was, in the field before the game.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty rubbish.
2: I was hungover over that day, I was, and I had to do hell with sun that <laughs> night. I was not feeling it. No, but if it's if it's full capacity, hands down, MCG do it because it's home of footy, and that's where you know, game, Grand Final should be played, and that's what everyone strives for um if it's not then i think other avenues are, should definitely be looked at like as i said Optus stadium wherever it may be if it's full capacity definitely do that because you want a full ground you want the atmosphere you want the, all those things so yeah it's, it's, it's a tricky one but i'm sure i'm sure ever like if you're a fan you're a melbourneian you want
1: that too yeah, so now, now we have to look ahead because talking about stadiums and being able to compete elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, you guys are actually heading off to uh, to Tasmania this weekend to take on Hawthorne. Yes, we do have the,
2: the Mighty Hawks down at uh, Utah Stadium in Lonnie, so it'd be good to get back down there and see the friends and family. I um, don't know if I'm actually about to see them. I was going to say, is I, probably that, won't is actually, actually, I won't be able to see them, but yeah. they'll be able to come up. To the, I'm getting the tickets to come up to the game, and once they go on sale, I can do that. So um, the Hawks are no easy beat, especially in Tassie. They're, they're like North Melbourne. They're a very hard team to beat down there. Um, we, we've, you know, we've trained at Utah Stadium in our preseason camps. You know, Fags has been massive on getting us down there and doing that. You know, God's country, so we've been there a few times. So we understand the ground, the dimensions. We always look at that, and, and you know, we've had the, I guess, upper hand over Hawthorne there for the last probably three games, I think, down that way. So um, we're really excited to continue on from our good form from the second half of Gold Coast to take on them, and um, it'd be it'd be great for us to go down there and get the four points. And we actually take off to Perth straight after the, after the game
1: for a week. Crazy. I, yeah. I, was, I was actually going to say, so talk us through the um, the actual travel protocols because yeah. it's going to be quite different for you guys, obviously, on, on route to Tasmania this weekend. Yeah. So what, what are the actual travel protocols and restrictions that, that you, you have to actually follow for this yeah. weekend? Yeah, so for the people
2: that don't know, we've been doing like charter flights when we go interstate. So we'll be going on a charter flight down to Tassie. We'll leave on Saturday. So we get the night before, which is we've been flying in, flying out recently. But because Tassie is, you know, not, not a hotspot or orange zone or whatever, it's, it's, it's fine to go the day before. Um, but yeah, we get a charter flight. So we, so we, we'll leave the Gabba. I'm guessing uh, we haven't been sent the, the itinerary, but we leave the GABA on a bus. We go to the, the tarmac at the airport, get straight into a charter flight and then like just us on the plane. And then we go to, we go, we'll go to Launceston and then go from there straight to the hotel and then wait till the game finishes. But we have, we have, we've had a COVID test already this week and we'll do another one on Friday before we take off to make sure everyone's good. Um, and then from there on we'll, we'll go to tarmac straight after the game and straight to Perth for the, for the week. So we're saying a Jindalup. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a resort or a hotel, but we can't see any friends or family. We can't leave that until the game, till we leave the game that week. So yeah, it will be, I think we're pretty used to that now. Like we've, we've, we've been set a few challenges this year and it's not nothing new to us. Like we know that, um, we've got things in place that can help our routine, um, with our scheduling. Like the, the clubs are really good with that now. And we do talk to other clubs, how to, how to go about things. And, we learned from the Adelaide game, a lot of players, like because we flew from Melbourne to Adelaide day of the game, played, had a, had a COVID test, stayed there for four hours, waiting for it to come back, and then we played them and took off that night. So we, you can't really throw anything in at us now that we haven't been used to. So it's um, I find it pretty, you know, the challenges are pretty exciting. They're fun, something different. It keeps you on your toes and that. So I'll be taking my two gaming laptops with me, no doubt. Yep. Um, I'll be probably not getting up at 5 a.m. next Wednesday to talk to Patton Hills, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I'll pass the message on. I'll pass the message on. <laughs> yeah, we'll let, let them know now. They'll they'll be listening to this. They'll <laughs> be first-time listeners,
1: long time.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we're doing that. So, yeah, it's a it's a strange season again. But we talk about um, going to going to hubs and should we get all the teams in one spot? Like then you start going down the avenue of what the NRL are doing. when players are starting to leave, and um, I think James Roberts is in trouble. Or yeah. In he trouble? Uh, he
0: was out on the balcony. There was a strict rules. No when more the, balconies. When the families came up, that they had to seal the balconies. Don't go out at all. And he obviously was struggling. He said he was struggling with his mental health, needed a bit of fresh air, and was just out in the balcony. That is absurd. Tough. And there was it's marshmallow tough.
1: marshmallow gate, wasn't there? There wasn't there a marshmallows. That's beam? what
0: led to the uh, the closing of the d- balcony doors because they were passing um food off of the balconies. No shot. Yeah, you're kidding me. Yeah, yeah. It's like, tough. It's tough.
2: Yeah. Okay, well that's um, something that I've just learnt on the spot. Um, don't bring marshmallows. No, Not but it. like they can't expect these players to sit in their rooms all day every day, like. Like, nothing from the general public. The professional athletes, like, we we get paid to stay active and to have our routines and, like, to perform at the highest possible peak that we can. Like, if you need to get fresh air on a balcony... I dare say I need some bloody fresh air on the balcony. Like I'm not. <laughs> <like, laughs> I know it's a rule, and I'd be. I'd hate, I'd hate to be the guy who's going to like potentially ruin the the whole hub situation. But that's just that's a neck level thing, isn't it?
1: Oh, it, 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 it's starting to become really difficult. No, I said that's you. You know, yeah. a, a few weeks ago, at what point is the tipping point? You know, at what point are we asking too much? That would be for me.
2: Of the place? that'd be for yeah. me. If I can't get fresh air, yeah. Like unless they like, bring you a bottle and you just like open a bottle in front of you. <laughs> but. I don't know. That's yeah. That's, that's that's. Hopefully, we don't go down that avenue. But we've been pretty good. Um, and you know, the, I will give a shout out to the AFL and the clubs who have been doing such a good job. Like I haven't seen any whinging going on this year. I think it was a bit last year because it's all new to everybody and we didn't really understand what this like the case and the scenarios were going to be. But this year feels like a lot of the teams have just gotten on with it, which is really good. So I mean, like you know, we've learnt from twenty twenty. And we've bought the end twenty twenty one. So I'm I'm
1: happy with where we're at the moment. Absolutely. Now now we've we've got to we've got to finish up, but before we do, the Olympics yes. I coming to Brisbane, uh twenty thirty two. Yep. Of course you can listen to all your Olympic action. On SEN and SEN Track around the le- around the country, is that right, Jackie Boy?
0: Yeah. Look, across all SEN stations, there will be coverage. But you've also got Flip, where you can listen to AFL or just NRL coverage. Ooh. It's just non-stop sporting action on SEN.
2: Yeah. I'm abs- going to throw a few of my uh, future AFL players who could be in Olympic. If it was right now in Brisbane, th- say it's 2021. But it's 32 to 32,
1: whatever it is. Does one have a basketball background?
2: One has a basketball background. i got Scott Pennebry <laughs> playing in the NBA, <laughs> if he didn't know. i got the the human uh, trunk, the tree trunk in Hawkins doing shot put. I think he'd be good at that. I don't Ooh, know yeah, why. He's course. just a thick human being. Yeah. Nick Knapp for high jump. I've seen him jump and play basketball. Um, I'd be the skateboarder, obviously, because I'm a mad dog. Um, Jed Anderson, my good friend. He's a, a country boy. He loves his shooting. So I'll put him in clay shooting. He'd win gold for that. And you got every surfing wannabe in the AFL that, um, Uh, so you can pick whoever you want for that. There's there's plenty out there. I uh, Levi Kazov for javelin because he shifts some serious tin in the gym. Like he's very, very strong. Yep. And then I got Harry Sharp for a three k time trial because he's a freak of nature. And Blitzars for what do you call chase? Steeplechase. Oh, steeplechase. Steeplechase, of, steeplechase. of course, of course, yes. <laughs> so that's what I've got. Um, thank you for everyone on Twitter who sent me through the ones. I've I've seen a lot of diving comments. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> Obviously,
0: <laughs> I saw a mouth guard throwing. I
2: saw Zorko Zoko <laughs> yeah. got ahead of himself and tried to call me out on Twitter. I didn't really, really appreciate that at all. Seven <laughs> AFL, you, you did not have to repost that. Uh, he said yeah you'd you'd be good in the mouth guard throwing a yeah. uh, competition. So That's out of bounds. Shut up, Zorks. You couldn't <laughs> you couldn't even qualify for the height of this. <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got from the Red Thrill podcast slash radio. Thank you so much to SEN Track for having us again. This studio has been amazing. Jack Jazz up here, Shawnee T. Uh, 100% thank you for coming up today, mate. I really appreciate you doing that drive again. It's been amazing. Um, we'll be live. This, this will go out live on t- Thursday morning. You'll be listening to this. So. Yes, yes, yes. And it'll be going on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, everything. So we love you guys. Thanks for the support. We had a great first week and we're back next week. Thank you very much. Woo! Woo! Where's my outro?
0: You don't
1: have one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that was good. Nice. Jack.